Coming on, welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Arsenio ZSL podcast. And today is about emotional mastery. Today is your coaching session in terms of emotional mastery. So a lot of people go through life and they feel bad. They feel bad that they're not resilient, meaning that they don't bounce back when things hit the fan. Hit the fan meaning, of course, as an idiom, when things go bad, right? Not understanding people, not understanding themselves. You know, they go emotionally throughout the day, you know, with their ups and downs, their doubts, their fears, their anger, their reactions. There's no real feeling of connection. You know, they don't have those solid feelings of themselves despite the situation. See, it's a constant battle to feel good in situations. And to be honest with you, there are a lot of people who fall victim to this. So today I'm going to present you five ideas to develop emotional mastery. Now, number one, empathy. Now, for a lot of you out there who do not know what empathy is, you know, compassion is basically something where you feel bad and pity for other people. But empathy is when you put yourself in other people's shoes, right? And we have a tendency of not observing the feelings of other people. They're always in their own world, right? People such as you and me, we're always in our own world. It's all about me, me, me. And sometimes we kind of miss out on the real understanding about ourselves and our connection with humanity and our feelings with other people. And to be honest with you, if we're able to evaluate other people and their feelings, it gives us perspective. So it's kind of like if you volunteer somewhere, right, in a domestic abuse center and you see people struggling, it helps you develop gratitude for yourself and concern for others. Again, I got paid very minimal, but during this little project that I did eight years ago in Nakonsi Tamarad, it was at a school of about 75 students, very, very small, very small out there in the boondocks. And 10 of the students were autistic. And me having dealt with autistic, you know, folks before uh, at the Sedation Dental Center out there in Las Vegas and dealing with them at a pediatric dental practice in North Sydney, Australia, I Student. I treat them as if I treat anybody else. It does not matter to me. But I always saw an unbelievable sense of joy coming out of this individual. And it was, I guess you could say, looking back in hindsight, it was more of a volunteering, but it made me develop gratitude for even myself as if, wow, this student forgot his name, still have a video of him, still have a photo of him of how unbelievably happy he always is and how I always gave him positive reinforcement. And honestly, it was still one of the greatest moments in my life to be able to teach them and play kickball and play all the different games that we did and, you know, take those photos and stuff like that. You know, if you don't learn a lot about empathy and where other people are from and, you know, the amount of money that those students ended up paying to get into that school and, a lot of them end up going to different places. And one of the, you know, the head teachers there who I work with, uh, she's a Thai teacher. Uh, she was Muslim and 
she ended up having, oh my God, the government forced, the government literally forced her to go teach somewhere else. It's the craziest thing in the world, but you know, it made me realize so many things that, you know, that I'm going through and look at them and look at the unbridled joy that they had within them, right? You know, we just, in me, we continue pushing things away. And, and to be honest with you, it's about connecting, connecting with other people's emotions, paying attention to what they're saying, you know, leaning into their body language, seeking understanding, you know, and I think with Zoom, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, it led us to, you know, having us open up at our emotions again, you know, or maybe, you know, it could be like you having the lunch of your life or talking with your kids. You could just ask, man, what are they feeling right now? Some of them are just looking down, not even paying any close attention to anything and they don't want to speak. They're very, you know, they're, they're very distant. See, it's always about like, hmm, something's up. I'm not going to probe. In Stephen Covey's book, Speed of, Speed of Trust, you guys can actually check that out. Uh, but, you know, when you probe, 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 it always feels like the other person has something wrong with them. And then they feel even more distant and they run away even quicker. But when you ask the right questions, there it is. If you're able to identify other people's problems, it probably and could develop a connection strength for you. Number two is self-reliance. People, just like Ralph Waldo Emerson's self-reliance essay, you're in charge of your emotional world. You're not going to react to other people. You're separate from other people. There's no emotional contagion, okay? And what I mean by that is you're not reacting to other people's problems. This is one of the biggest problems that we have in the human psyche. We always say, well, this person looked at me this way and I'm gonna take it offense, but maybe they're looking at themselves that way or maybe they're coming from a place of discontent, hurt, worry, greed, anger, you know, uh, what is it? Um, hostile, exhaustion. It could be an array of different things. And we always have to consider those things, but also not to mimic their behaviors, to mimic people. See, if you're constantly adjusting your emotions to everyone else's, you're on an emotional roller coaster all the time. And it's very difficult for you to interpret a situation. So it's always about like changing and controlling the focus, the time, the actions. And so when other things, and we want you to come into our life and more emotions that we want to experience. Well, when we set out that intention, we can manage the emotions and not have other people manage ours. Remember my story, 2018, 2019, people who lived in condos, we're talking about people who made very good wages, middle-class Thailand. They would walk by me holding their nose, the women, only the women, because they felt like they were, uh, I stunk, that I smelled bad because of the color of my skin. And I took it very offensive and I would always blurt it out to the world and make everybody know and tell all the people saying, oh, Thai women are this, Thai women are that, until I finally said, who was it? Oh my God, what was her name? 
something wrong. Yvette Rose. There we go. Yvette Rose. I told her. And I was doing a podcast with her and she said, well, you finally overcame that because you felt like you were unemotionally responsible for their actions. That is massive. Not being responsible for other people's actions. Sure, a lot of older people in this country, they look at me different ways, but I don't look at them because I do not want any of their energy. No, thank you. Goodbye. If we do come across paths somehow, some way, and you ask me a question and you're very nice, and then we, and in the serendipity of the world, we come right there because our energy fields match, then so be it. But there are some people that I just say, I am permanently unavailable to these types of folks because they have been the bane of all my existence. But at the same time, I know and trust myself that regardless of how someone looks at me, it's because the pain that they have within themselves, I'm gonna keep smiling and riding my bike down the street and it doesn't even matter. Number three, self-confidence. See, that's not just gonna come tomorrow, the next day, after you get a degree, right? What you have to do is develop it now because it expresses who you are, you know? And if you believe the situation or struggle, whatever it is, you can also believe that you can figure it out. Some people are like, oh, well, I don't know what this uncertainty is, but I won't doubt myself. But with the energy, the time, the resources, I will figure it out. See, one fear and doubt is not going to serve you. Your mind is going to master the situation. It's all about breaking it down. There are going to be a lot of other coaching podcasts in regards to these coming up in the next week. So you stay tuned for that. Next social sharing, vulnerability people. I know there are a lot of people right now around the world based on your race, creed, color, religion, whatever it may be. You are not supposed to share your feelings because it's not in this law or that law or this or that or written in this script. I'm telling you right now, the more you share your vulnerability is the more you can impact other people. And I think a lot of people have taught this in a very poor way because if you look at vulnerability, especially in African-American culture, it's like, oh, you're weak. Water's for cows. This is that. This is that. It's a very alpha mask wearing type of society. And you can see how broken down the majority of my entire people are out there. However little they are in terms of percentage, it's just always volatile in terms of the anger and the violence in different realms and people not accepting other people's opinions and always wanting to talk over other people. See, real vulnerability, though, is about believing and accepting your truth. It's not about imposing your truths on other people. Maybe you're sharing the strengths of what you have and your real needs, your thoughts and ideas in terms of impacting people. See, real vulnerability is about voice. And if you're not voicing those things, the silence will lead to suffering. It's time to tell people how you feel, even if they don't like it. See, social sharing is about you sharing your ideas. But again, doing it with responsiveness and responsibility, maybe some people won't like it. That's okay. You can be sensitive, but still truthful. You can walk around on eggshells, but still walk. You just got to do it more consistently. And that's what's going to propel you into confidence and trust in yourself. 
And then whatever it is that you say and being congruent with your all, like Mahatma Gandhi, that's how it all comes together. And then, of course, self-talk. <laughs> yeah. Self-talk is everything. In 2015, you may not know, but probably from, I would say, August to the end of 2015, I would always have that repetitive, redundant, Thai women hate Black men, and I would just reverberate it and spew it out to the world. And to be honest with you, was everyone else ready to catch that? No, because if they're not ready to address what they don't even believe is real, then how the hell could I even address something like that? But I just felt like by telling everyone that story, especially Thai women, it would make them feel empathetic. And I was trying, try, trying to plead for their empathy by making them feel bad. Pretty ridiculous, right? You see, self-talk is about telling yourself how to feel, how to respond, literally saying things in your mind. And again, sometimes you're gonna be upset. Okay, let me take myself out of this situation. What's the right next action? Sometimes we're too in our feelings and saying, you know what, Arsenio, you're going in a tailspin. You're doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And it wasn't until January 3rd of 2016 when I finally changed and began to change my life around. When I started reading so much about personal development and taking notes and made a podcast and speaking about my life, and having some of my high school friends follow my podcast and speak about so many different things. And I was just so grateful for it, you know, because I began to, uh, to in a way, master my feelings and my affirmations of myself. See, back then, I would always just say, I'm a Black teacher in Thailand. I will never amount to anything based on what other people's perception of Black people are. So I lived their perception to make sure that they are correct and I'm incorrect. You know, you can ultimately tell yourself how to feel and act, telling yourself what to do and doing it over in enough period of time that your brain and your emotions fall into that integrity between mind and heart. Unfortunately, with mine, my integrity was the wrong voice between mind and heart. I absolutely believe that I will never amount to anything and never have a great job based on the things that I had gone through and what society was at that time. I was literally whatever the economy was at that time. I literally went over here. If the racism was very high over here, I went over here. And then if it was high over here, I went over there. Guys, in April of 2016, I quit a job. Because one guy, the CEO of a company, didn't want to give me a TOEIC, literally a TOEIC class, because of the color of my skin. Now, it wasn't him. It was his students that influenced him. And his students absolutely hated Black. Every time I walked by some of those classrooms, it wasn't even the Thais. It was the Japanese in that specific area, that specific tutorial center. And I quit because I valued myself too much because I had dignity. Because I wasn't going to let X amount of, oh my God, I can't believe I would even go there. I literally wasted so much time and effort getting down there. But I created some great relationships at that time. And I was friends with a doctor for about five years after that. 
And she went on to go to the University of Sydney, you know, out there in Australia, get her master's degree in epidemiology. It was just incredible. So grateful for all of it. But at the same time, I look back and I say, wow, the things I did, not only for money, but those things that I had to overcome. But think about it. It was me and that self-talk that was chasing me. It was literally me regurgitating to my, you know, regurgitating to myself over and over that I wasn't enough. So of course I'm going to work at one of the worst jobs, tutorial jobs in Bangkok. At worst, I'm going to be around some of the most hateful, nasty, disgusting students you can ever imagine. At worst, even at my main job, the marketing director said, to be honest with you, it's very hard to market a black guy. Yes, in 2016, that was June. All of that was happening. Why? Because it was who I am and it emanated to the rest of the world. So, of course, for me to not make believe that myself is not crazy, it had to happen. But now none of that exists. And those events never take place anymore. You could say because Netflix, because of these and because of evolution, all that great stuff. Yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. But I'm not holding around the weight of me being just a color in the American fabric. I am being the person who holds it all together. And so it all happens after practice, after long enough. If you just tell yourself, sometimes you wake up and sometimes you let your emotions just take over. Ask yourself, what happens if I'm grumpy today with all the people who I come in contact with, my family, my friends, my spouse, whoever it may be, what could ultimately happen these are the big issues, the bigger issues. But at the same time, now you have perspective in terms of changing that. So with that being said, thanks for tuning in to a coaching session on emotional mastery. Again, if you guys like this, please share it with your friends. And I'll be seeing you in another one next week. Over and out.